Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. Today, we feature audio from the Elite Business Advice Podcast with Chris Moore. This episode is brought to you by Benjamin Moore and Trevon Williams. Welcome to the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors and the host here of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. Uh, many of you guys know the kind of the goal of our podcast is to help educate you on a variety of topics that affect self-employed small business owners and try to give you some content that will help you grow your business as you go along in your journey. Uh, and so today we're going to do an episode all about tax planning. And I know we've talked about taxes and different things before, but I think right now is a really important time of year to sit down and talk a little bit about the importance of tax planning why you should do it, what that entails, right? A lot of people think it's like this big thing. It's really not a big deal. Um, there's a handful of things you can do. And we want to kind of wrap up the episode with some some tips and things you can do to reduce your taxable income. If the planning you do comes back and you're like, whoa, I'm going to owe some money this year, um, what are some things I can do to maybe lower that taxable income? And so we want to kind of hit on this on a few different angles. Um, you know, it, right now we're recording this here in our office. Uh, the PCA has been out in the field shooting a lot of content from the Paint It Forward initiative here in October. Uh, and I of course, of all days that we decided to record this here in our office, um, I got home from Pittsburgh at about midnight last night from a Sherwin Williams event that we spoke at there yesterday. And there's people here in the office doing construction on the floor above us and out here in our office. So we're making the best of it, guys. Uh, we like to be professional. We love our professional set of the PCA office, but sometimes you just got to roll with the punches, right? Uh, we wanted to make sure we, we didn't skip a week and we always had an episode going out every single week. And so uh, bear with us a little bit if the quality's off a little bit or, or you hear a little bit of background noise or maybe you see somebody walking behind me if you're watching this on video uh, and just doing the best we can with what we got here but Let's talk a little bit about why tax planning is so important. I want to first off clarify, I'm not a tax professional, okay? I know, I always joke, I know enough about taxes to be dangerous and give some advice, um, but I'm not the person that's got like the final say. Um, I don't do taxes. We have an amazing person that works with us uh, that does bookkeeping payroll and taxes for the clients that we personally work with. Her name's Crystal Scott. Um, we've done a handful of episodes with her. Some of you guys have met her, talked to her before. Uh, and so she's like the tax expert. Um, I'm just here conveying some information to you guys on, on how we see tax planning being beneficial uh, here with you guys this time of year, right? We're recording this year just right at the beginning part of November, uh, which is about when the episode will air as well. And so the nice thing is that means you've got eight weeks until the year's over that you can make some decisions in your business to maybe reduce that taxable income. Uh, and so first off, why is, why is tax planning so important? I don't know if you know this, but you can actually dictate what your tax picture is going to look like next spring. Uh, next April, when you go file your taxes, or maybe February, or maybe September if you file an extension, um, you should never be surprised. You, If you do some tax planning, you kind of get an idea, hey, if on this pace, here's what we're going to owe, here's what our refund's going to be, you can actually dictate that, right? You can overpay a little bit with tax, uh, with estimated payments. Maybe you can have a little bit more withheld out of, you know, a W-2. Uh, there's so many different things you can do. You, you can, you know, have some purchases. We'll talk about that in a little bit that can reduce that taxable income. There's a lot of things you can do to be proactive about that. 
a lot of people think taxes are a reactive situation um, that you just you go through the year and then you go do this and you're like, oh, this is what happened. It's like you can actually control it. Um, and a lot of people don't understand that. And so if, if you can be proactive both on what you can do to, you know, dictate your tax picture. Um, you can also be proactive in saving some additional money if you're going to owe a good size tax bill next year, right? A lot of people, let me just clarify, I don't love paying taxes, guys. Um, not many people do. Every Sherwin event we go to, we talk a little bit about taxes, at least for a slide or two. And I always ask, who loves paying taxes? Believe it or not, nobody's raised their hand yet. Um, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for that one person that's like really true patriot, love paying taxes, um, but it's a necessary evil. And so with that being said, um, if you do owe money, that means you had a really good year in business. Typically, people that owe more money on their taxes means they made more income that year. The problem is most people don't proactively set money aside to pay the tax bill, right? Um, that's one thing you guys have heard us talk about time and time again when it comes to managing finances for businesses, setting aside 5, 10, 15, 20% of your revenue aside for taxes to make your estimated payments to pay your tax bill at the end of the year. If you get on that system and you put, say, 10% aside, that's kind of the number we, we recommend, but again, it depends on everybody's situation. If you put 10% of your revenue aside, if you have a, a, a not so great year, um, then you don't have as much money in that account, but that means you're also probably not gonna pay as much in taxes. If you have a really great year, well, that means you have 10% of that extra revenue you weren't expecting aside to cover the bigger tax bill, typically, right? And so understanding that there's a system in place to be proactive, but with that being said, if you sit down with your tax professional, your accountant, whoever does your taxes, um, again, we do tax planning for our clients that we personally work with. Um, we don't typically just do it for anybody and everybody. Um, reach out if you've got some questions or anything that we can maybe help with. But again, we try to sit and, and reserve that service for our clients um, just because Crystal and I's time is a little bit more limited in that regards right right now. Um, but if we sit down and, and we you know come up with what we think your tax picture is going to look like by the end of the year, and let's say it's the end of November, by the time we get all the numbers ran, all the projections, everything done. So let's say that you sit down and you do some tax planning and you realize you owe maybe six, $7,000 from what your taxes this year with what you're currently looking at by the end of the year. It's much better to know that information now here in November and have four or five months to save that six or $7,000 to be able to pay that tax bill. The problem is what we see happen with a lot of people is they're very reactive. They file their taxes next spring and they realize they owe six or $7,000 and they have to scramble and come up with the money within a few weeks before the deadline or pay penalties and interest on top of that if your payment's late. So again, if you're not putting money aside during the year, if you're even if you are and you have to make up a little bit of a difference there, it would be a really good idea to know that number now, just so you know there's a little bit more time coming in order before you have to make that payment. So that's the other big reason why we see tax planning being important. Not only can you dictate kind of what your refund is and have some time to do stuff about it, but you also have time to save if it's gonna be above and beyond what you're currently saving and what you're expecting. So um, the tax planning process is pretty easy. The biggest thing is we have to go through and just project out where we expect your business's net income to be at the end of the year, right? What's the revenue that we expect to have between now and the end of the year? What are kind of your typical monthly expenses look like and just get a rough idea of what that net income looks like. Obviously, the closer we get to the end of the year, the better. You know, I always recommend to sit down and do some tax planning in August to get a rough idea. And then again, you know, kind of September, October, November, as we're getting closer to the end of the year um, to really get a good idea on where you're going to finish at. Uh, you know, we have to put other things in such as W-2s, you know, if your spouse works, you know, because we have to take that into account, dependents. There's other things we have a whole form together and most tax professionals do um, to 
go through and, and be able to plug all the numbers into a software and run what those projections look like. Now, the cool thing about that is that we can actually run different scenarios to see Okay, let's say right now we're projecting your business to income to be $80,000 this year. Uh, but if you it only ends up being 70000 what does that look like, right? Whether that means you end up having a little less revenue or you take advantage of some of the tips and, and uh, tricks I'm going to share with you guys here at the end of the episode. Um, or, hey, what if things just all of a sudden, you know, we have that big check that comes in by the end of the year and we end up being at 100000 What's that going to look like? Um, so the nice thing with having a software that can do these things for you guys is we can kind of play with some different scenarios to see, okay, if our business net income finishes here, what does that do for our tax picture, right? And you kind of start getting an idea, okay, well, does it make sense to do X, Y, Z thing that we'll talk about in a little bit? Um, is it really going to save us enough money? Is it worth it, etc. So, um, and again, this works on both the federal and the state level um, to kind of project that out. So before we get into kind of the nuts and bolts of things, I want to remind everyone um, that we don't want people purchasing things just for the tax write-off. If you don't have the cash flow to cover it, um, I think that's one of the biggest things that, that I see. I know Crystal and I've talked about that in some of the episodes we've done before is you go buy something just for the tax write-off, but you don't need the thing or you don't maybe have the money for the thing, right? Um, only do tax write-offs for things that are necessary and that make sense for your business. And most of the things we're gonna cover later on are, are gonna fall into those categories. Um, but there's a lot of things you can do both on the personal and the business side to help reduce your taxable income. Um, the couple of things on the personal side, I'm not gonna dive into that a whole lot. I wanna focus more on the business things because a lot of the personal things, um, I don't wanna say all of them, but a, a handful of the things you have until April 15th in order to do to execute for this tax season, right? Such as a traditional IRA contribution um, outside of, you know, like a payroll or something like that. You can always contribute to that up until April 15th for this calendar year to reduce your taxable income this calendar year. Um, so that's not in as big of a time crunch. There's some different things like an HSA, an FSA, a health savings account, and a flex spending account that can also reduce your taxable income. Um, it, again, typically those work on the personal side of things a little bit more so. Um, so there's a lot of things you can do. Again, talk to the person that you're gonna that's gonna do your taxes. Talk to your accountant, and your tax professional to see you know some different ideas that you might be able to take advantage of. But like I said, I want to spend the rest of the episode talking about the business side of things. Um, so there's a couple of things that really, you know, kind of come to mind as we were putting this episode together. Um, so even though it seems like we're scrambling today, I, I had this outline written like a week ago because I knew I was going to record this this afternoon. Um, it didn't expect the craziness to go on. But um, as we were kind of putting this together, we thought about some different things. Like, what do we typically tell our clients, right? When somebody's like, hey, this is what my pro tax projections look like. What can I do by the between now and the end of the year? Here's kind of some of the common things we come up with. Um, number one, if you have any equipment purchases, again, that makes sense for your business that you're going to use. If you know you're going to need a new sprayer, a new texture machine, a new something, right? Whatever it is for your business. If you know you're going to need something sometime in the next, you know, four months, it probably makes sense to go ahead and buy that this year. Um, or if you're like, hey, man, I've been, you know, I've really been thinking about getting a new sprayer, then now might be the time to go ahead and do that, right? Um, again, make sure the cash flow is there, especially if you know it's coming up, save up some money, buy it, you know, in mid-December, make sure it gets into this year's expenses um, and have it going into, you know, next year. 
Um, you know, there's a lot of other things you can do with larger asset purchases. Um, the nice thing about this, um, so I'm talking like vehicles. Um, we have some clients that are currently looking into like lifts. Um, it doesn't look like that one's going to make sense for a lot of people, but for some people it does, right? You spend a lot of money each year in, in a lift rental if you do a lot of big residential or commercial projects. Um, so that might make sense for some people. Uh, the nice thing about some of these things, and there's limitations. So again, talk to your accountant, talk to your tax professional to see how it would affect you. Um, but the nice thing with a lot of these things is, if, especially if you don't have the cash flow, right? Like, let's just say you're looking at a new truck for the company, and it might be $25,000. Um, I know that sounds crazy, but we've had a couple clients find some good used vehicles here uh, this year that actually made sense, and, and that's about where they were. And you can actually take out a loan on that to where the payments are spread out over time, right? So you're not straining your cash flow now, you're just adding a monthly expense over time, um, but you can take the full depreciation here in the first year that it's placed into service. Um, and so that's kind of a nice thing you can do. Again, there's limitations, there's the, you know some stipulations with that, um, but that's one thing that people can do. Instead of you know having to have $40,000 for a lift up front, you can finance it over time and take the whole write off this year. That's a great thing. Um, now, another thing you can do is prepay for expenses this year before December 31st for things that will occur next year. So for example, um, a lot of you guys listening to this are gonna be going to the PCA Expo in Albuquerque coming up in New Mexico, uh, I think February 21st through the 24th, uh, somewhere in that ballpark, it's on the PCA's website, check it out. Um, we're super excited to be out there. And guess what I'm doing? This year, I'm booking my plane tickets for the event. I'm booking my hotel for the event. Um, we're buying our tickets for the event. Um, we're doing the, the, the trade show booth we're gonna have there at the event. We're doing everything that we're gonna spend for the expo next year. We're buying it all here in November and December this year. That way we get to take the expense this year, even though the event doesn't happen until next year. And so we're just kind of trying to be strategic with that. We've got a Canadian trip coming up next year with uh, Sherwin-Williams. We're going to a couple cities up in Canada. Guess what? Booking all the travel and all the hotel rooms this year, right? Because um, we're kind of in that situation where the net income was a little bit more than we expected. Uh, and so, you know, there's things you can do to take advantage of that, right? If you have, you know, a place that you rent, as long as your landlord's okay with you, maybe prepaying a couple of months, right? There's different things you can do. Again, obviously don't get crazy with it, right? The IRS probably doesn't love that people, you know, front load some things maybe when they're going to pay more in taxes one year. Um, but the, the tax code is written the way it is, right? So take advantage of it. Um, don't go crazy with it. But there's definitely a lot of things you can do if you know you're going to spend money. I always say in the first quarter of the year, because again, you don't want to strain your cash flow. Um, anything in the first quarter of next year, try to purchase it this year and just get that on your taxes for this year. Um, another thing you can do is defer invoicing clients until after January 1st. Um, in my opinion, if somebody hands you a check on December 29th, that money should technically go in the bank account this year. Um, if they conveniently, wink, wink, mailed the check to you on the 29th, the date they dated it, and you happen to receive it on January 2nd, well, that's a different story. Um, hopefully you guys can read through the lines on that. Um, but in, uh, in most cases, again, if you're finishing up jobs at the end of the year, um, and say it might be a $10,000 project, just invoice them on January 2nd and collect payment then if you're trying to defer some income to next year. Now, in this case, in what I just said about prepaying for expenses, I, I wanna make this very clear. You're kind of kicking the can down the road a little bit, right? Because if you don't pay taxes on that $10,000 check you're waiting on this year, you're gonna pay taxes on it next year. Same thing with the expenses. If you don't take the expense this year, 
I'm going to take the expense next year. So basically by doing all the prepayment stuff this year, I'm actually going to increase my taxable income next year. Does that kind of make sense? Um, and so, but what I want you guys to understand is if you're in a year where you have a lot more um, income than what you expect to have next year, or maybe you're like we are, and you know, which we're changing up our tax structure to an S corporation starting next year. Um, it makes a lot of sense for us to reduce our taxable income as much this year, because some of the other things we're doing is going to naturally reduce it next year automatically. Um, and so again, there's a lot of strategies. That's why sitting down, having a conversation with somebody, I'm just trying to give you guys kind of some ideas here on this and what can be beneficial and how things can go well for you guys. Um, again, it's that one-on-one -on -one conversation of what actually makes sense for you to do. I'm just kind of trying to spark some ideas here. Sorry, Kyle. You're awesome. Another thing that we recommend too, and, and this is just a general rule of thumb, it, it's not just necessarily on the tax planning side of it, um, but for jobs next year that are already kind of scheduling for springtime or something, um, definitely defer um, taking those deposits until after the first of the year, right? Because for most people's businesses, if you deposit that check now, even though the jobs for next year, it's going to go in this year's revenue on your profit and loss, and you're going to pay taxes on it without any of the expenses of producing the job, right? So for those of you guys that take deposits early on, um, don't be, I, I always say, hey, after the first of the year, just to keep our accounting clean, we'll get with you to get the deposit. Um, I do know some people that'll do like a, you know, $100 schedule hold, and then they'll collect the rest of the deposit after the first of the year. So if if you're doing it for the commitment side of it, which I don't think is a bad idea, um, you know, just do something very, you know, kind of minimal that's just enough to kind of, you know, keep them committed um, and then collect the rest of it after the first of the year. Most people don't have those issues typically, um, but that's something that I see can definitely amplify people's income this year is by taking deposits now for jobs that you're going to do next year. Um, there's a couple other really cool things you can do as a business owner uh, that I'm not going to get too far into again because I'm not a financial advisor either. I'm happy to connect you with one of the guys here um, that we were in an office space with. But, uh, you know, simple and SEP IRA contributions. These are a great way that you can take deductions for your business to invest in your future and save for retirement down the road. Um, again, there's limitations to this. There's certain aspects with the, both of those things. There's another thing called a solo 401k that could make sense. Again, I want you guys to talk to a financial advisor to see what makes the most sense for you and your business. I'm not going to go through all the details and what makes sense and, and the situation and stuff, but just know those three things, a simple, a SEP, and a solo one solo 401k um, and talk to somebody to see if that might make sense to you guys. But again, I really like those if you're in a spot to be able to do that. And if you have some excess cash in the company from this year, uh, because again, you take a business deduction and you're just putting that money towards your future savings. It's kind of a no brainer um, if you get to that point. Um, another thing you guys can do is pay your employees bonuses, right? Um, maybe you guys have had a really good year. You've got a little bit of excess cash built up for those of you guys that do some sort of the profit first mentality. Maybe your profit account, you know, has a decent amount of money in it. Don't be afraid to share some of that back with people. Um, you know, give them back as a thank you. And then obviously it becomes a tax write off. So if that's something, you know, that, that makes sense for you and with your employees and your culture, um, that's something you can do too to, to knock down your taxable income a little bit. Um, one other thing, and we get a lot of questions about this, is um, can we pay our kids for helping in our business? Uh, and 100% yes, you can. Uh, make sure that what they're doing is appropriate for the age they are, 
right? You can't say that your four-year-old is doing your invoicing on QuickBooks for you. Um, I guess maybe if he's really smart and he's actually doing it and you can prove it, then go for it. Um, that's probably not the case for most four-year-olds. Um, I can't really say that our seven-month-old son is running like social media campaigns. It, it just doesn't make sense, right? Um, so it has to be appropriate for, you know, kind of what they're doing. But absolutely, if your kids are helping in your business, even if they're cleaning up your shop, they're cleaning out vehicles, they're, you know, washing brushes from the end of the day, um, they're doing whatever it is, right? They're, they're helping, you know, stamp and put address labels on thank you cards or Christmas cards or something, right? Um, if you're paying them, it's absolutely a tax write-off for your business. Uh, again, there's a little bit of a difference here with uh, if you're just a regular LLC, um, if you're just a single member LLC, uh, you're, you're able to pay your kids pretty much without paying any employer taxes on those wages. Um, and it's tax free up to the standard deduction for them. Uh, so unless you're going to pay your kids more than I think it's 12,600, uh, you're pretty much in the clear on that one. Uh, so they literally tax free income, take the business deduction, um, and it goes to them. Now, I wouldn't write the check to them and deposit it in your account. That's not a really good paper trail. So you need to actually have an account for them and that money goes to them. Um, S corporations can still do this, but typically if I remember correctly, um, you still have to pay, pay employer taxes. Uh, the, the 7%, I think it's something with FICA, Medicare, Social Security. Again, I'm not a payroll expert. Uh, I've heard Crystal, Crystal has told me this three different times and I still have to ask every time. I, I didn't even want to clarify before we recorded this, but just know that there's a little bit something you'll have to pay on top of it, but it, it, the income is still tax-free to them up to that standard deduction. Uh, and so again, that's just something else, right? If, if your kids have been helping you, you know, make sure you're paying them for it. Make sure it is a business write-off. Talk to the person that runs your payroll on how to set it up and what makes sense and, and how it needs to flow for you guys. Kind of a bonus tip for you. Um, I hear a lot of people talking about this, especially in the financial advising world. Um, set up a Roth IRA for your kids and take that money you're paying them from your business and put it into a Roth IRA for them or some sort of a savings plan or something where that money's gonna grow over time, right? Let's just say your six-year-old helps you, you know, stamp um, and, and like stuff, thank you cards for all your customers. And they just do some of like the little office stuff, administrative things, help clean up the shop, just little things. Right. And you could pay them, I don't know, let's just say maybe a thousand dollars every year throughout the year. Um, if you can put that money in a Roth IRA from when they're six and then another thousand when they're seven and so forth, um, think of how much money that can grow into over time. Um, again, it's tax free. It's a business write off for you. And that income grows tax free in that Roth IRA account for them. So again, these are just some things that, that we, we hear about talking to a lot of people in the tax world, the financial world, um, and different things that, that we wanted to kind of be able to share with you guys. Um, as we kind of wrap up this episode, I know we had a little shorter episode here today, but hopefully it was it was still made a lot of sense and valuable. Um, again, my goal here was just to spark some ideas in everybody on things you can do and, and who to talk to, to, to execute it. Um, but one thing I want to really wrap up on is, again, I mentioned earlier, nobody wants to pay taxes, right? But think down the road for if you plan on buying a new home or refinancing your home. Uh, maybe you just got a 7% interest rate on a home and you want to refinance it down the road when things, you know, hopefully drop down. I'm hearing about 18 to 24 months. Um, you need to show good income for your business, right? Same thing with an auto loan, 
different things. Um, if there's anything that you've got coming up in the next couple of years, most places are going to need at least two to three years of your business financials, you know, your tax returns in order to determine whether they'll lend you money or not, especially in the mortgage side. Auto loans, in my opinion, can be a little bit easier to get around, um, but mortgages are super strict, man. Um, we just went through it. You guys, most of you guys know we just built a house and moved into it this summer. Um, and being self-employed and dealing with that again, thankfully I had the knowledge and I had a great lender um, who you know was preparing us a long time ahead. Emily's been on the show a handful of times with this. We got an episode coming up with her soon when we're back in studio. Um, but you know you, you need to show a good income, right? Again, the you pay taxes based on the net income of your business. So most people want that net income to be virtually zero, right? Because they don't want to pay taxes in it. Um, but at the end of the day, if they want to get a mortgage in a couple of years, the mortgage lender is going to look at that and say, well, you don't make any money. Your net income is zero for your business. Right. Um, and so again, just understand the ramifications of, you know, doing that. And I'll be honest, there was some tax write-offs last year that were a hundred percent legit that I didn't take because I wanted to show enough net income to make sure we didn't have any issues with our mortgages. Um, I am not afraid to admit to you guys, I probably paid three to four thousand dollars in taxes that i probably didn't need to last year um and seeing how it all shook out i think we probably would have still got the mortgage wouldn't have had any issues probably still could have got the same slightly atrocious rate we got anyways um because it was the best they had at the time um it, i don't know that it would have mattered but for me it wasn't worth trying to skimp on a little bit of taxes because the last thing i wanted to do was go through this whole process uh, especially of building a house and then be like, oh, well, we won't approve you for the loan because uh, you didn't show enough net income last year, right? So be forward thinking again, not just in the tax planning side of it, not just in the saving, you know, to pay the tax bills, but also down the road for what might be coming down for you in your personal life uh, and purchases and stuff. So hopefully that helps. I know nobody really loves listening to an episode about taxes, but it's such an important thing as a business owner. And I just want you guys to understand there's things you can do to help your tax situation every single year. And so I hope you guys have a great rest of the day. Thanks for listening in. We'll be back in studio soon. Uh, we're going to probably have one more episode via Zoom here in the office uh, coming up, and then we'll be back in studio, uh, hopefully for the rest of the year. And I'm really excited for you guys to see this set for season three, um, starting in January, the PCA uh, sent us some renderings of it and it's gonna be fantastic. So have a great rest of the day. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit pcapainted.org.